Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. I would like to introduce our first speaker. And Dr. Natalie Kreitzer is Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine and Neurocritical Care at the University of Cincinnati in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, Natalie is an emergency physician immediately with, with first training, subsequently doing uh, three years of neurocritical care and also stroke. So she's on the uh, Greater Cincinnati uh, Stroke Team. And Dr. Kreitzer is also uh, a National Institute of Health funded investigator. And so she does uh, research primarily in the area of uh, traumatic brain in- injury. But we would like her today to, to speak with us about repletion or reversal, optimizing specific therapy for direct oral anticoagulant related life-threatening bleeding using real-world experience. Dr. Kreitzer? Well, good morning. Thank you very much for coming. And thank you, Dr. Gibbler. Well, as he mentioned, my name is Natalie Kreitzer, and I'm an associate professor of emergency medicine, neurocritical care, and part of the University of Cincinnati stroke team. I'm going to talk today a little bit about reversal versus repletion and optimizing that specific therapy for patients who are on direct oral anticoagulant-related bleeding. Now, before we get started, I want to point to this slide, and this is the reason that we provide anticoagulation reversal or repletion to these patients, is to try to decrease the chance of um, hemorrhage expansion or hematoma expansion. Now, this certainly can happen in patients with um, spontaneous ICH who are not anticoagulated, but we know that that risk increases in patients who are anticoagulated, and this is the reason that we want to provide that reversal strategy. Um, I do want to show the coagulation cascade briefly. Certainly, this is something that we all learn and um, probably forget um, over time, but I do want to point it out to show how these different agents work. So, um, when we think about vitamin K antagonists, warfarin, those are um, factors that are um, vitamin K dependent, factors 2, 7, 9, and 10. And we can see how that activates down into the pathway, um, activating uh, 10A into thrombin and then fibrinogen into fibrin, which then leads to that clot formation. Now, when we think about the anti-10A inhibitors, which is certainly the most common type of oral anticoagulant that is um, being used in the United States, um, those directly inhibit factor 10A, which then allows for thrombin to um, turn fibrinogen into fibrin. And then less commonly, the direct thrombin inhibitors, such as dabigatran, um, work directly on the thrombin um, formation, thus preventing the fibrinogen to become fibrin. Now, repletion and reversal are two different strategies. So when we think about reversal specifically, we think about those patients who are on a direct oral anticoagulant, such as a factor 10A inhibitor or direct thrombin inhibitor. Those patients are not deficient in any of those factors, 2, 7, 9, and 10. They certainly have enough of that in their plasma at any given time. So reversal is what we call um, agents such as indexinet alpha or idrisizumab in the case of direct thrombin inhibitors such as uh, dabigatran. Repletion is utilized for those patients who are deficient in those factors, those vitamin K-dependent factors 2, 7, 9, and 10. 
traditionally with um, prothrombin complex concentrates or fresh frozen plasma. And I'll talk a little bit about those two strategies in some further slides. Now, these are agents approved for warfarin repletion um, and can be used off-label, off-FDA label um, in the United States for DOAC reversal. Now, I'll dive in just a little bit about the FFP versus PCCs and go into some of the data behind that. But just as a little bit of background about what each of these two strategies do, FFP contains all the factors in the blood. And in order to reverse a patient who is on a vitamin K antagonist, it requires large volumes, 10 to 15 cc's per kilogram, a lot of time to prepare and administer, and there's a risk of fluid or volume overload in those patients, um, as well as transfusion reactions. Prothrombin complex concentrates, on the other hand, um, are either four-factor or three-factor, activated or inactivated, um, oftentimes institution-specific as to what um, you might carry. And the dose is either fixed or based on the INR and the weight. This um, results in faster reversal, less volume, um, but at uh, the cost of an increased price. Now, when we think about reversal strategies, again, these are for patients who are not deficient in those factors, and they um, need that direct reversal of their DOAC. Uh, these are the two main studies, both published in the New England Journal of Medicine, describing those agents. Uh, and I believe David is going to go into further depth about these particular studies within his slides. But just for review, dibigatran reversal um, is... Um, Sorry, idrisizumab for dibigatran reversal. Idrisizumab is a monoclonal antibody that binds to that dibigatran. May be needed if the last dose was in 12 to 24 hours. And then the labs to follow with those patients can be the PTT and thrombin time, that dose being 5 grams. Now, that's not as common of a DOAC agent. The one that is the more common is um, the factor 10A inhibitors, such as rivaroxaban or apixaban. And indexinet alpha, or indexia as it's called in Europe, um, can be used for reversal for those patients. This is a recombinant modified human decoy factor 10A protein, uh, may be needed if the dose was within 18 hours. And again, David's going to speak to why that 18 hours may not be the very best marker. The lab to follow in those patients is the anti-10A level, although this is not available to most hospitals, um, sometimes the academic centers, but most um, community sites are not going to have access to this. And if they do, it can take quite a while to come back. And then the dose is going to be based on the factor 10A inhibitor dose that the patient is on and the time since they've taken that medication. David is going to describe this study in a little bit more depth, but one of the endpoints of the um, ANEXA-4 study, which was the study that looked at patients who had active ongoing life-threatening bleeding and were given indexinet alpha, was those percent of patients who had excellent or good hemostasis. Now, in the setting of ICH, that was deemed to be less than 35% hematoma expansion, which was measured by a serial CT scan that was done at 12 hours. Now, one of the criticisms of that study has been that there was not a control group looking at what you would do in a patient where you did not have indexinet alpha available to you. For that reason, um, that study is ongoing. But for now, we have two propensity-matched um, real-world data types of analyses. Um, this is one of the first ones. Um, this is COSTA, which was published in Critical Care. And in this um, cohort, patients, they looked at um, hematoma expansion and compared the indexinet alpha cohort from Anexa 4, propensity matched them to a group who received four-factor PCCs. And the overall cohort analysis showed statistical significance when they looked at hematoma expansion in the group with um, indexinet alpha on board. 
And likewise, this propensity study that was done by Hutner published in Stroke in 2022 demonstrated similar findings, and the group with Andexanet Alpha, again, propensity matched to those who had usual care, which was generally PCCs, demonstrated a significant difference when they looked at ICH expansion. In-hospital mortality was close to a significant finding, but as you um, are well aware of and um, is oftentimes the case, that as an endpoint um, is just a little bit messier, just given all of the things that can happen in the hospital to a patient. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, EMCREG International, and Total CME Incorporated. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.